Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. Can you observe yourself to see if these things are there or not? What are the traits that you lead with and why? That's the Enneagram, this wonderful map. Chris, welcome again to Asheville. Thanks, Sandra. It's always good to be back with you as we're recording another episode of Heart of the Enneagram. And this time we're going to be looking at what we call look-alike types on the Enneagram. You know, some of these types behaviorally really do look alike, and it's hard to discern, especially if you're new to the Enneagram. There's so many ways to take in someone and believe that I'm just like that person, and that person happens to be a type that maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm that type. There's all these questions. I mean, I thought it early on when I was learning the Enneagram that I was a three. Lo and behold, it's a lookalike in my behavior. Right, and that you've named the key word there is behavior, which we've said over and over again is really the Enneagram's trying to uncover or help us understand motivation mm-hmm. because behavior can look the same. So as we engage these different um, look-alike types, uh, we want to do that through a frame of triads. And we've talked, uh, again, on previous episodes about these different centers of intelligence. Those are triads, heart center, head center, and body center. And today we're going to talk about three different triads. And those are the containing triad, or rational, which are types 1, 3, and 5. Then we have another triad, the reframing or positive outcome, and those types are 2, 7, and 9. Then we have the expressing or intensity types of 4, 6, and 8. So, Chris, let's explore the rational types. The 1, 3, and 5. Yeah, give us an overview yeah, of those. Yeah. Well, what I would say about these folks is that they are um, tend to be non-emotional, somewhat rational in decision-making and uh, looking at things as objective as they can. Um, They are not going to go out on a limb emotionally one way or another. Mm -hmm. They kind of form middle ground. They're looking for an orderly process, um, things done well, but in a way that's to be expected. Yeah, that's good. And then so because of those similarities, these types can be look-alike. In particular, we can start with types one and three. Strong look-alike one and three. They're both task-oriented Uh, They take their work seriously. I always think if there are workaholics in the Enneagram, it would be types one and three. Mm -hmm. It's hard for them to get off task. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, of course, their focus of attention creates this with one being, you know, what needs to be improved, uh, what's out of order, and three, really having a strong focus on task. Yeah, and a significant difference as we're discerning between the two is... um, Threes care a great deal, again, about recognition. So the task that they're doing makes a, it's significant that there are others who are observing or noticing, and they're, um, they're performing, as we often say, 
because they want to get that recognition from others. Whereas ones are going to do it right, get it right, work to reform and improve, regardless if, it other, if others are around. So there's a sort of internal sense of, of standards that the one is following. The three, again, is more, a little bit more other-centered in terms of how are people going to respond to what I do. Yes, well said, Chris. And then there's the one-five look-alike. And they are two types in the Enneagram that are the least spontaneous both of these types will edit or censor before thinking. Uh, they're quite cautious. And especially if the one is introverted, these two types can look alike. And ones, because they're always evaluating in the head for what's fair or unfair, right and wrong, they can tend to think that they're a head type. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So one of the significant differences in the one and the five is, you know, fives are really seeking to understand Uh and, you know, that part of that observer is understanding and being able to figure out what's really going on here. The one really cares a great deal about impact. Remember, they're focused on reforming and improving, and they, they want their work to have significant impact. Whereas fives, that's not what they're starting with. They're really starting with observation. Yeah, so these two, one three and one five, can be strong lookalikes. Then we move to the reframing or the positive outcome triad. So let's take a look at types two and seven which have some similarities. They're both enthusiastic. They both reach out to help people, so both are going to initiate. They have a lot of energy, and that energy can move toward people. Yeah. I mean, and one of the differences is that can be significant is twos really can be other reference. So they're looking toward the others around them to notice what their needs are. Again, particular significant others. Um, sevens really are more focused. They begin more with self, so they were more self-referencing. And then there are the look-alike types of two and nine. And two and nine uh, really are other referencing, and that's a way that they can be really similar. They are tuned in to others around them. Uh, there can be they can be easygoing. They can be very relational and connection-oriented, and those are some significant look-alike types. Part of the difference is in the energy. Nines tend to sit back and be more passive, while twos initiate and move toward people pretty fast. Nines uh, are a little more laid back. Twos know what their agenda is. They may not know what their needs are, but they do have an agenda. Nines really don't know what the agenda is, mm-hmm. and they don't know what they want. Yeah. So those are two important, different features of those two. That's great. So then we move on to the expressing types, that four, six, and eight triad. And uh, we talk about fours and sixes looking alike. Sandra, talk about that. Yeah, it's an interesting look-alike. Both are intense um, because sixes have mental intensity, fours emotional intensity. Both of these types talk about their own self-doubt. And so that's a key look-alike feature, as well as both are sensitive to being abandoned. Mm-hmm. That's very, very true. You know, one of the differences, the way that fours might make decisions or process may be more heart-oriented, more feeling-oriented. Mm-hmm. The sixes are going to be more rational-oriented. Again, it's not to say that each type can't do both of those things, but a go-to for fours is that emotional self. And for the sixes, it's going to be, you know, that questioning. And the fours aren't going to question near as much. They're going to, they're okay more with a little bit of ambiguity, uncertainty. In fact, sometimes they even like that a little bit. That can feel 
feel a little good. And that's not very easy for a six to live with. Yeah, well said, Chris. Another look-alike is 4-8. So, you know, they are expressing types and they are intensity types we talk about. And, you know, the way that shows up and actually this shows up for us, Sandra, is the sort of intensity. You know, I can come with an intensity of emotion. You can come with an intensity of energy. And there's just a way in which we can be big and we can be passionate. And there's a ways we can look alike. One of the key differences, and I have to laugh because this has happened. I have so many friends who lead with type 4. They love to process things thoroughly. And eights are kind of bottom line. And that's a key distinction right there. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's fix it. Let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. Fours aren't done yet. Yeah, and that's so, well said. Yeah, and so I, when I'm with my type four friends, I have to remember just sit back, be a little more patient as an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these types, you know, four has a depth of feeling. Eights actually do as well, but it's below the surface. So you're not going to see it with eight mm-hmm. as much as you'll see it with four. That's great. And then another in that expressing type triad is the six and the eight. In particular, we talk about the counterphobic expression of six, uh, that energy that moves forward, that can feel challenging against authority. And those are ways in which sixes and eights can, can look alike. Uh, there is that pushing against, again, uh, there can be questioning. There can be, again, the sort of bigger energy. Yes. One of the key differences between the counterphobic six and the eight would be in the arena of doubt. Sixes know that doubt is a frequent visitor, and they can name that. Eights, you say the word doubt, and that's kind of a deer in headlights question. Uh, we may have doubt on the back end, but not on the front end. And so there's less hesitation with eight because um, that doubt or the what if doesn't come up quickly for eight as it does for type six. Mm-hmm. So that kind of encompasses the, the these triads, Sandra, the rational types and the uh, positive outlook and these expressing triads. And then we have a few other lookalike types that we want to mention as well that aren't contained within that, which would be helpful, I think, to our listeners. So we start really with two and four. Yes, two and four, especially the fours who are just getting to learn the Enneagram. If they've had hardship in their young lives or previously, they're going to be seeking approval, which looks just like two. And sometimes that's really hard uh, for them to discern, well, I, I seek approval. I must be a two. Mm-hmm. I'm going toward other people. You know, I want approval. I want people to like me. They're both heart tri- uh, in the heart or image triad. Yep. So in that way, they can look similar. They can. And then one of the defining differences is where twos uh, may have a hard time and often do have a hard time setting a boundary, asking for what they need, doing self-care. This is not usually very challenging for fours. Um, fours can more often ask for what they need. They can set limits. They can do self-care. Uh, and so that's that's um, something that twos and fours can distinguish between them. That's great. Another look-alike is type three and type eight. Mm-hmm. And these are types that are both uh, what I call doing types. You know, they're, they're going out there with energy to accomplish things, accomplish tasks. They can be both bottom line oriented uh, and very focused on getting the job done, whatever the job is. The difference between these two types is certainly an energetic. The eight is more intense uh, more direct and abrupt. Now, threes can be direct because they're task-focused, but the eight has more of that. And I, if you don't mind, I'd love to share a story, Chris, about when I used to th- to believe that I was a three. I was in sales, had a lot of energy, competitive. 
And I sat with a three group at my certification training, and we had all been pulled for speeding tickets. We were impatient. We wanted to get where we were going. The difference was that the threes often charm their way out of the ticket. They have an ease and a social grace of knowing what to say when, where I would almost get arrested. And it, I just didn't have that same charm. Yeah. So there's a, that's a real distinguishing feature. Another one of these lookalike types uh, we talk about is four and seven. And uh, what's interesting about four and seven is we both uh, types are have this kind of creativity. And we think in terms of possibility. My favorite thing to think about is a what if. And I can get in a group of sevens and we can do that what if conversation over and over again. It's really, really energizing. So we think in terms of possibility, creativity. We also both don't like to be limited in any way. We like to be special. We like to be different. We like to be unique. And so we don't want to be limited. Don't box us in. Don't hem us in. (laughs) That's so true. That is so true. Now, some of the differences and one key difference between these two Uh, Seven in the head triad, four in the heart triad, is that fours have a depth of emotion. Sevens often have trouble finding the emotion or expressing it. The other key uh, discerning feature is that fours tend to stay with emotional pain. They almost can see it as juicy or creative. And that's one thing sevens typically try to avoid, or if they go into it, they come out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's a big discernment right there. Absolutely. And then this final one we want to name lookalike type is five and nine. Five and nine, yes, especially if the nine is an introvert. Both of these types can step back. They like to mull things over. They need time to think through things. And neither of these types initiates much. So um, they can be invisible in a group. Uh, You may be the one having to call your friend who leads with five or nine. So those are some of the similarities of the two types. Um, So one of the differences we can think about is, you know, nines really long for connection, and they, they, they actually want to be seen, interestingly enough. And fives, that's actually not as important to them. In fact, sometimes they want to disappear being seen can be a possible way that they're drained of energy but the other is that nines can get this fog on the brain this sort of checking out numbing out not really knowing what matters to me and that's not true for a five fives have a clarity about that i once heard a five say i just wish i could lose my mind I mean, it <laughs> just kept yes. twirling around in the mind and which the nines can do well <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah that low level humming or numbing out that's right that's right yeah so this has been a good exp- exploration of these look-like types. And, and Sandra, you know, you and I have talked about this. This is just a brief overview of how to engage and pay attention to some of these look-like types and begin to discern. But, you know, there is more we can do. And as always, and we've said this before, Chris, it's about self-observation. Mm-hmm. You know, can you observe yourself to see if these things are there or not? Yep. What are the traits that you lead with and why? That's the Enneagram. Absolutely. This wonderful map. We, we encourage people from this brief conversation to really explore more deeply if they're discerning difference in type. And there are ways to do that in books and with a spiritual director, with a teacher who might do a typing interview, uh, really good workshops. Those would be some positive ways to continue to discern type. And you've talked some about the test, Sandra. Right. And online tests, which have become more and more popular, often bring up the lookalikes. And then the person who's taking the test might go with the lookalike of their type rather than the type. So Chris and I, you know, we encourage folks um, to go with a human. 
or do some self-exploration by reading. And we love David Daniels and Virginia Price's book, The Essential Enneagram. It's there are the nine best pa- one. Yeah, yeah, nine paragraphs in the front that are so helpful. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you for this conversation. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. It's good to be together again. Yeah. So with heartfelt gratitude, I'm Chris. And I'm Sandra. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders. And special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth. And in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.